cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we got a very special guest, Alvaro Torres, CEO of Chiron. Alvaro, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Hi, Brian. How are you? Hi, Kellen. Nice to, nice to see you again. Thank you so much for inviting me. So we like to talk about the hesitation some have when diving into cannabis. So from your perspective and your parents kind of weighing in, was there any hesitations for you to kind of take an engineering background and kind of come into cannabis? Yes, yes. I think first time uh, we sort of had the guts to say it out loud. Hey, you know, maybe I will move from building billion-dollar airports <laughs> to uh, starting a cannabis company. First thing everybody asks is like, I, I didn't know you were a pothead. <laughs> you, you look too educated to be a pothead. How did we send Diego to Georgetown coming back and smoking pot? Um, and of course, I don't really use it at all. I I've used it three times in my life. That would be way too much. So that was the first uh, sort of the first reaction most people had. Friends, family, uh, in no in no way sort of saying don't do it at all. Just it's shocking that you want to go into that when you're you know all your life has been in project physical projects, billion dollars, and um, but then you start explaining why I'm getting into this, and it's not because I like marijuana. It's because I found that we live in a region where healthcare is too expensive, and it makes no sense that we pay international companies to produce products that are very expensive for our patients. And we, we could produce it here. We could sell it here. And we could improve the quality of life here. And we could create an economy here. And then, you know, after five minutes, after, okay, whatever, go, go and do it. <laughs> that's, that's sort of the, the first uh, reaction. And, you know, you start these businesses, I, you know, we start talking to people that know you, trying to raise capital here and, I guess six years, five years ago, uh, it was such a taboo subject uh, that you know nobody really understood what it what it meant. But there's a lot of funny stories about and all of those things. Uh, people who really didn't um, understand it. And in Spanish, my name Alvaro, uh, we have a word for marijuana called Bareto, and so people used to call me Alvareto. <laughs> Back then, in the day, I think sometimes sticks when late night, a couple of drinks, people still call me that. But yeah, it was it was a, quite a shock, but um, very supportive. I want to talk about the the first medical cannabis contract with one of Colombia's largest insurance companies. How long does something like that take in order to achieve the finish line? And like, what type of resources go into something like making something like that actually happen? Well, um, I would say it, it's taken us nine months. <laughs> to get this done. But the entire idea is that, you know, we we have our clients are insurance companies in Colombia, right? So we, they send us patients, we treat them for pain, for neurological situations, for sleep disorders and mental health. And we know how to use cannabis. So we are, you know, funneling some of these patients to use cannabis. That's the way we've been doing it. But also at the same time, we are always thinking, I mean, eventually somebody will catch up to that. How do we go after clients and show them that it's no longer about just sending us patients. We have to be very clear that medical cannabis works and how do we get those type of clients? And we were lucky because the city of Bogota, I don't know if you've been to Bogota, but it's 9 million people. This is a major metropolis. Um, about 
in March, they started trying to get the city to be a hub for medical cannabis. If you look at the at the PR, we even have a quote from one of the top councilmen there who you know, was promoting the fact that Bogota should be a hub for research, a hub for development of medical cannabis. So taking that, we went to Capital Salud, which is you know the top, the largest insurance company in Bogota that's also publicly owned. And uh, we started talking about how can we help them treat their patients. Now, sometimes these things happen because nice accidents and you know you have to be prepared for that but the first thing they really they asked us is you know the problem that we have is that specialized clinics like yourselves are only in the nicer parts of town and our patients a 1.2 million population are in the outskirts of the city where the access to high quality medical services is not too good and then when they said that we replied well do you know that Chiron just built two new clinics in January and February in those parts of town. So are you importing the, the cannabis? And what's the status with flour? How does that work? No, we had uh, we have our own cultivation facility. That's how we started the company. It's a small facility of 80, almost 80,000 square feet of grow. I mean, compared to what Colombians have, there's 2,000 million hectares of cannabis being grown for medical purposes. I think the last three, four months, the decision that we've been making also is, well, that's not the focus of our business. So we've been winding down a lot of that operation, which also reduces a lot of our cash burn. Uh, and talking to third parties in, here in Colombia, uh, because I think most people would recognize that Chiron in this country, in Latin America, is a potentially very big or one of your largest clients. But, you know, we've been now winding all of that because I, I think that now that we know what we want to sell, uh, how we put it in the, in the hands of patients, the production aspect of it uh, is never necessarily something that interests us. I mean, three years ago, Brian, if you, we had talked, I, I would have told you that you know, when we started the company with my partners, we always thought about companies like Danone, you know, the dairy company, uh, and how they don't need any cows. Right? But, so how do we evolve into that, which is why we never built a very big facility. I think it's about quality control, etc. But our European operations showed us that we can do it without touching the plant and we can grow as long as you know what's in the product, what do you want in the product, and how do you get doctors to prescribe it. So can you currently export cannabis from Colombia to Europe? There are companies, I understand, that have been able to ship flour to Europe right now and to Israel. That's not really... Our focus is not to export, and so I, I, we, we don't do it. We export finished product to Brazil and Peru, uh, but not to uh, not to Europe, just because the quality standards are very different. And I think there's plenty better companies that can do that for us. Uh, but there has been there have been Colombian companies exporting already. I don't know if they have exported finished product or more like raw materials. Um, maybe one day they'll get there. Um, I just. Well, that was not really our intention from the get-go. Is there conversations about, uh, let's say, synergies with American companies about changing of information and alliance partnerships as the game continues to evolve from a global standpoint? Well, you know, in the last four weeks, I've actually had a lot of conversations and emails. Just, you know, begin because uh, people who are in the business, in the medical cannabis business, understand that what we did with the insurance coverage in Colombia is huge. Yeah. And how did you get that done? Of course, it takes years, but how did you get that done? And how can we take that model to the States? I'm not talking about transporting cannabis. 
talking about the model of data, con, yeah. you know, what type of products and who are the right people to talk to. There's a lot of advocates for this state-wise, wide, sorry. The last four weeks have been quite busy on that front because, you know, there's a secret sauce. Nobody, nobody knows what it is, but there's, this guy's got something done. Uh, maybe there's something that we can take to the United States. We can, you know, for, for the medical market, we can actually get that type of insurance covers. What is one factor statistic about the global cannabis landscape that most Americans wouldn't know? I would guess that most people would think that Colombians are pot smokers because we've, we produce so much of it. One of the things I always get funny questions is that when I say, well, we don't really smoke that much cannabis. Like impossible. You guys have sold so much of it. Mexicans don't either. Yeah. When you got started in your, in your journey in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? I think the one thing that I got right first is the people that I work with. The clinic idea, I think that strategy has been, uh, even to this day, very unique and has made us you know where we are today, going into Europe, for sure. So the bad one, I could put a whole list of, of things that, that we haven't done well. I would say the number one error is, uh, at the beginning in particular, you are always more optimistic than realistic. You could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? You're always going to be surrounded by more naysayers than yaysayers. I think that's part of being an entrepreneur. And you always have to be able to discern which of those are real advice and which of those come from a dark place uh, because you can get very confused. If, <laughs> if, when, or how does cannabis become a global game? It will be a global game. When? I would say not in the next five years. So Alvaro, for our listeners, they want to get in touch, they want to learn more about Chiron and they want to read some of the data, where can they find you? So, oh, I mean, myself personally, I'm always available on LinkedIn, uh, the company investors.chiron.ca. We'll link it all up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it, Kellen. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.